0: This is a Socialist News and Views special report.
1: I'm Nick Schillingford coming to you from the Urban Cabin Studios in South Minneapolis, with this special report on the recent uprising in Kazakhstan. I attended an international Zoom meeting this past weekend with a report back from Einar Kermanov, Socialist Movement Kazakhstan, on the uprising there. The event was organized by a number of groups, including Anti-Capitalist Resistance, England and Wales, Contra Corrente, Italy, Ecosocialist.scot, Scotland, Internationale Socialisti Organization, Germany, Lernen im Kampf, Germany, Reform and Revolution Caucus in DSA, Republican Socialist Platform Scotland, Russia's Socialist Movement, Rise Ireland, SAP Anti Capitalist in Belgium. In a few minutes, I'll play a majority of the audio from that meeting. The audio will be three segments of Einers with his introduction and conclusion to the meeting, as well as his answer to a number of questions. We will also hear some of the audio from Paul Murphy, People Before Profit, who is a member of the Irish parliament for the Dublin Southwest constituency. In the audio from this weekend's meeting, Paul Murphy also discusses his 2011 visit to Kazakhstan. Before we go to the audio from this weekend, let's go to a quick clip from the archive. This is a three-minute clip I made when I was a member of Socialist Alternative in the Twin Cities in 2011, and just after Paul Murphy had returned from Kazakhstan, the clip was compiled with content from the then socialistworld.net website. At the time, Paul Murphy was a member of the European Parliament.
2: Kazakhstan is a huge country, covering the size of Western Europe, but with a population of only 15 million people. Its futuristic and extremely expensive capital, Astana, was built with the money that the authoritarian regime, based around the powerful President Nazarbayev, sucks out of its relatively poor population. Kazakhstan is rich in natural resources. According to British Petroleum, Kazakhstan has 3% of the world's proved oil reserves and 1% of its gas reserves. The main international players exploiting Kazakhstan's natural resources are Chevron, ExxonMobil, the Russian Luke Oil, French Total, and the Italian Eni. From July 15th to July 21st, Paul Murphy, member of the European Parliament from the Irish Socialist Party, and Tanya Niemeyer, staff member of the European United Left, Nordic Green Left, visited Kazakhstan. But the visit did not resemble the kind of official European Parliament delegations that are typical. While they met with representatives of the government and the management of Kazakhstan's national oil giant, Kazmuni Gas, the main purpose of the visit was to meet with civil society campaigners, prisoners' rights activists, and representatives of the Young Independent Trade Union Movement. They also visited Mangystau Oblast in the west of Kazakhstan, where an important oil workers' strike is entering its third month. During several meetings the delegation had with senior management of the company and government officials, they clearly originally expected diplomatic niceties and a neutral position from the delegation. They were surprised to find that it clearly represented the interests of the workers and challenged the arguments made by the company and the government. The determination of the oil workers on strike in western Kazakhstan is increasing day by day. Two events have served to escalate the tension. Last week, on the 2nd of August, 28-year-old trade union activist Silk Turbaev was murdered at his workplace. He was due to attend a trade union meeting, at which he would play a key role in revealing the corrupt activities of the previous trade union representative, but the management insisted he stay at his workplace. Once the meeting started, he was approached by three thugs, his body was found only some time later. And on August 8th, the verdict against trade union lawyer Natalia Sokolava was delivered. She has been given a horrendous sentence of six years in prison, quote, for stirring up social tensions. During her one-week trial, the judge allowed no witnesses for the defense nor evidence by independent experts. The strikers have asked Paul Murphy to assist in raising money from the International Trade Union and Workers' Movement, and he has subsequently opened a bank account to which donations can be sent. During his visit in July, Paul Murphy made it quite clear that he sees himself as a workers' representative and that there is no artificial boundary between workers' interests in Ireland, Greece, Kazakhstan, or elsewhere—an injury to one, is an injury to all workers.
1: We encourage everyone to sign the current letter of solidarity with the movement in Kazakhstan. The link is in the show notes. And now we will go to audio of a large chunk of this past weekend's international meeting on the situation in Kazakhstan. Most of the talking will be from Einar, speaking for Socialist Movement Kazakhstan. But we also hear from Paul Murphy, Irish parliament member for People Before Profit. We start with audio, the English translation for Einar Kurmanov. The translation doesn't start right away, but Einar begins to talk by saying, Thank you.
3: For the
0: solidarity campaign that you organized, uh, for the petition that gathered so many signatures of members of different organizations and movements and different
3: groups. Uh, I think
0: the solidarity is utterly important, especially amidst the state of dictatorship. And repressions uh, that have been launched against activists and uh, different protest organizations as well as workers' activists. I myself uh, would like to make this little intervention tell you about our position and our take on the situation and the events that happened in Kazakhstan, we believe that it was a true social explosion. There was this massive uh, protest, popular protest. The reasons for this uh, social outburst lie with the capitalist model that was built after the restoration of capitalism in this uh, former Soviet Republic. We believe that it happened to be a logical result of the policies that uh, were carried out by Nur-Sultan Nazarbayev and uh, his team. They carried out uh, really uh, terrible neoliberal uh, reforms as uh, regards extracting industries. Those reforms also targeted uh, social security programs. Margaret Thatcher, called Nursultan Nazarbayev her best student among the presidents uh, in the post-Soviet area. The policy of uh, market reforms brought many people below the poverty line. People lost their jobs because of the the deindustrialization in the country and because of the agricultural uh, reform that uh, put an uh, end to collective farming in the country. The Kazakh economy took a role of uh, the raw materials supply in the international division of labor. American and European companies took over two thirds of all oil and gas production in Kazakhstan. So the place where all these protests began are the Western regions of Kazakhstan, where all the gas and oil extraction and production is centered. So that's where the protests were sparked. Those are the regions where the Western capital dominates. So speaking about the reasons for the protests, they were all concentrated as well in the West of the country. The Mangistau region and the Jenausen city, that's uh, the place where 10 years ago a protest of uh, oil workers was dispersed violently, a lot of workers were killed, as you said, correct? So these regions, uh, including Jenausen, are places where so many people are unemployed. And the only place where people can actually work is oil and gas. There was also steel industry in the region, but it got completely lost. So now for every worker, there are, let's say seven or eight members of the family that they have to provide for, and they don't have work. So I think that's why protesters made demands of for building new enterprises and new factories. The workers' movement history is quite rich. There were mass strikes beginning in the early 2000s. The local population and workers supported each other and there is a long history of class struggle in the region. Another reason for strikes and protest was the spiking inflation in the country as regards food items that made it impossible for the workers to provide for themselves it hit the region very strong because monkey is a region where there is a where they have to bring all the food supplies from other regions, therefore prices there are quite high. They are higher than anywhere in Kazakhstan. So this uh, spiking inflation, uh, the inflation grew uh, two or three times, and that uh, created really strong discontent among the population. The third reason is that uh, workers and worker collectives of oil workers who've been on strikes uh, from early 2021 did not succeed throughout the year. There were many strikes in uh, those enterprises where there is international capital, The workers demanded the freedom for trade unions activities, legalizing their trade union activities, as well as uh, taking measures uh, to create new jobs and tackling privatization in the area. That led to hundreds of thousands of workers Losing their salaries, losing their social benefits, losing their working rights. These demands were not satisfied in 2021. In autumn of 2021, there were legal proceedings and tens of Some dozens of workers were fired because they organized strikes. The workers realized that the usual means of struggling would not allow them to gain anything. Another reason that created some serious tensions among the oil workers was that at the Tengiz uh, deposit in the neighboring region, Attau region, that is neighboring with Mangistau region, at Tengiz Chevroil, forty thousand workers were fired. This. Dismissal of workers took place in October 2021, and it shocked all the oil workers across the country. So what Tungiz Chevroil is? 75% of its assets belongs to Chevron and Axon Mobil. The workers in the Mangastao region also expected that they could get fired and they were ready to strike back. (laughs) There is yet another reason. The Mangastao region and the deposits that are in that region have been already very strongly worked with. So they have been almost depleted. So all of these reasons have been accumulating and they somehow had to produce mass movement. So what sparked the protest? It was the spike in fuel prices it was, that is uh, the liquefied petroleum gas. The government's price cap was lifted. On the 1st of January, the LPG prices spiked from 60 tenge to 120 10k, Let's say uh, it, it is uh, now about uh, a quarter of an American dollar today. The local population and workers blocked the roads and organized uh, for a spontaneous protest in Genauzen. The workers in other regions and in Oktao also took to streets. The police tried to disperse the protesters, but they didn't succeed. The local population, along with workers who were very active in the early days, of the protests called those strikes and protests to last for as long as it takes. So, since the workers were the core of the protests, besides the demands for bringing down the gas prices, they put forward another demand to raise their pay twice. There were more and more new social and political demands as the protest developed. On the 3rd of January, the workers were joined by workers from other industries, the protesters began to build tents in the streets. The local population also tried to bring food close to protesters to support them. So that was a true popular protest. And its core was workers. So on the 4th of January, There was the all-out strike that reached out to other oil-extracting regions of the country. So the reason for this uh, general strike was that to the center of the city of Aktau military aircraft arrived. And the workers, since they did not want, want the Zhinauzin events to be repeated, they blocked all the roads that led to the airport of Aktau. They also blocked the railroads and other communications. In Atarao region, Chevrolet royal workers uh, began their strike. So, on the 4th of January, protests sparked across the Western Kazakhstan. On the 4th of January, the strike of Arsarol Metal Company began that's in the center of Kazakhstan in Karaganda region. There was the strike by Kazakh That is the company with the participation of uh, the British capital. It's also the center of Kazakhstan. Other cities joined the strike. There were For instance, there is the city of Krantau in the Aktubinsk region, where steel workers did not simply begin the strike, but they actually took over the control of the city. They built their own checkpoints there. Their main social demand was to bring down prices on some foodstuffs, to increase their pay, to improve the labor conditions, to establish freedom of trade union's activities, and creation of new jobs. There were also other demands. On the 5th of January in Genausen, which became the true political headquarters of the political movements, political demands emerged. That was the dismissal of uh, Nazarbayev, giving freedom to all political prisoners, going back to the constitution of 1993, the guarantees uh, for the freedom of trade unions and parties.
3: There
0: was also the Council of Elders elected, from the workers. It gave an example of creating similar committees and councils in other cities on strike. Therefore, we believe that the role of the workers' movement was decisive because it was the labor collectives that became the core of the protest and they gave an impetus to the protest across the country. The protests took place in 75 cities in the country, but the strongest protests broke out in Almaty, the former capital of the Kazakh Republic. The core of the protest was formed by domestic migrants and unemployed youth. Those domestic migrants are people who live on the outskirts of the capital. And uh, there is also the former agricultural and rural population that migrated
3: there. The
0: clashes in Almaty demonstrated the inability of the police and the army to do anything with the protesters to take control. The protests on the 4th and the 5th of January spread across the whole country. President Takayev made the government resign, and then he also dismissed uh, the head of the National Security Committee, the one that was put there by Nazarbayev. The protests began politicizing the, one of the main demands was that Nazarbayev and his officials and oligarchs had to go. We believe that what happened in Almaty later on, on the 5th of January, were the provocations organized by the National Security Committee and K- B. they trained provocateurs to create chaos in the big cities of Kazakhstan. They, so these special services were the instigators of the looting and violent clashes and that was what provided the grounds for takayev to blame all the protesters and uh, to claim that they were terrorists and therefore takayev imposed the emergency the state of emergency in the country and he even said that uh, the police could shoot at the terrorists So, more than 10,000 people were arrested, and the number that uh, you mentioned, 225 people who were killed, I think it's a lot higher, unfortunately, and there are still mass arrests, Uh, people are tortured, and I think uh, the... Nazarbayev regime is still with us. That's uh, the methods that they use to silence uh, the popular movement in the country. Unfortunately, I haven't finished uh, my reports, but I think I will uh, take your questions and uh, give more details that you're interested in. Thank you.
4: OK, thanks a lot, uh, comrades. Um, so my name is Paul. Uh, I am a member of Parliament um, for People Before Profit and a member of the RISE uh, network. I had the privilege to spend time in Kazakhstan with Ayanur, um in 2011, in July of, of 2011, um, and to meet with the oil workers uh, of Zhanaozen, the centre of this uprising, and then involved in a massive struggle of a of a strike then um really exp- inspiring experience getting to speak to an open air meeting of thousands of workers and I can speak just a little bit to what Ainor was speaking about you know the the actual real tradition of militancy of organisation Um, and of class consciousness that exists um, amongst these workers in Kazakhstan, Um, where it was striking to me in 2011. um, You know, sometimes the left can be guilty of, from the outside, talking things up a little bit. (laughs) Um, But when I went to Kazakhstan, um, it was real that in 2011, the oil workers themselves came up with the demand Uh, we want nationalization of the oil wealth under workers' control. That was the real demand from below of the oil workers. And, And it came from their own experience of them doing the hard work, them living in conditions of abject poverty, while the elites within Kazakhstan around the clique of Nazarbayev lived in just extreme richness. I mean, if you visit Kazakhstan... It's like Las Vegas, the kind of gaudy opulence in the capital city. That's what it's, that's what it's like. That's how they live. Um, but also the wealth for uh, the likes of, of Chevron, and the U.S. multinationals, the British multinationals, Gazprom, etc., all of them getting rich off of the nature and the labor of um, the people um, and the, the nature of, of Kazakhstan. I mean, I I think today we would also add the question of expropriating completely the wealth of the likes of Chevron, the fossil fuel multinationals, and actually paying the people of Kazakhstan and the workers of Kazakhstan to leave all that oil wealth in the ground um, and to mean that everybody can have a much higher standard of living without the need to take these fossil fuels uh, out Second point I wanted to make is just to thank um, all of the comrades, uh, many of whom are, are here, for the very tremendous response to the declaration of solidarity with the uprising in Kazakhstan. Um, I, I can't remember, I'm sure there are examples, but of such a statement from the you know, radical revolutionary left and um, getting support from such a broad range of organizations. Um, both on an international scope, we got more than 40 countries. Um, we got, I think, close to 300 signatures. And mostly that wasn't you know, just individual members of parties. That was people with positions in the trade union movement, in parliament, in social movements, et cetera, in the women's movement, anti-war movement, anti-racist movement. It was you know, people with profiles and so on. Um, and also from like a very broad range of radical and left organizations in operating in a non-sectarian fashion. And I thought that was very, very important. And I think it was rooted in the crucial, you know, basic, simple idea that an injury to one is an injury to all, um, which is the, the basics of our you know, basic workers' organizations, our trade union movements, um, but understanding that that doesn't just apply on a domestic, on a national level, but that also applies on an international uh, level—that wherever workers are rising, are or organising against oppression, against exploitation—it is in our, it's our duty. It's also in our interests um, to express solidarity and seek to uh, assist them. Um, related to that, I want to raise a, a question for Ionor for when he comes back. For uh, answering is the first time or the or the second time, um, which is that I think one of the one of the best things that the Communist Party in the in America in the early nineteen twenties did was its uh, kind of non sectarian class struggle solidarity work it did. Um, so those who were the victims of repression. Um, of the capitalist state, of whatever, you know, particular political tendency, if they were fighting for workers' rights and they were the victims of repression, they stood for them and they tried to organize defenses and assistance and solidarity um, for them. And so most famously was the international labor defense campaign uh, with others um, in defense of Sacco and Vansetti, who weren't communists, they were anarchists, but they were framed by the U.S. Uh, capitalist state um, and ultimately executed. And it was a huge international campaign, which included strikes in a whole number of different uh, countries in opposition to what was happening uh, to them. Um, And the the US Trotskyist movement attempted to try and continue some of the best of that tradition. Um, And so the question, and this came to me by a number of people who signed the the kind of political solidarity statement to Ionor is, are, are there particular cases that um, we should be raising of trade unionists, of socialists, of people who we should be highlighting that are being repressed right now, who are being held in prison or have cases pending, et cetera, that we should be raising in parliament, or we should be highlighting in ways in trade unions, et cetera, around the, the world that we should begin to develop you know, broad solidarity campaigns with that could make a practical difference. And the final point I'll, I'll make is, um, it, it's very striking how, you know, all over the world, you know, capitalist countries are different, I mean, quite different, um, but how strikingly similar some of their propaganda can be. Um, And, you know, the idea of the outside agitator um, being responsible for the trouble, no matter where it happens, is a very, very common idea that they use everywhere. You know, I, I would presume that it is an idea that is kind of as old as class society. That as long as there's been oppression and people have been rising against oppression, that the elites have always said, oh, it's because someone from the outside has come in to try and put things up. And I mean, in in Ireland, um, we had this massive movement against the water charges uh so 73% of people refuse to pay the water charges mass civil disobedience mass non payment and really the government tried to say oh it's outside agitators it's the socialists you know but we we can't make people not pay their water charges we can't make 100,000 people repeatedly protest uh, clearly the people themselves won't not want not to pay but the same with the kazakh government they say oh it's it's you know outside color revolutions the cia Far right, Islamist elements, etc. It's the same kind of ideas that we also shouldn't uh, fall for. And um, I, f- I finish on on this. And of of course, like you know, we, we're not, we don't have to be naive. Um, of course, would the CIA, would Western capitalism like to use events that happen in Kazakhstan, in other parts, you know, of? of the world that are close to Russia for their own interests? Of course they would, absolutely. Um, and will they try to twist things? Will they try to play a role? Of course they will. But what is the best possible antidote to that? It is to build a strong, independent workers movement that, that, that is as strong as possible. And the best thing that we can do for that is not to, 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 to paint a workers' movement in Kazakhstan as part of some imaginary colour revolution linked to the CIA or something like that, but it's to give actual concrete solidarity and support to build, for the building of the workers' movement and the socialist movement in uh, Kazakhstan. Um, so I finish on that, some remarks. Okay.
0: Thank you so much. I'll try to take uh, the questions as many as i can but i'll try to be brief so i wrote down the questions so there was a question on the situation right now and uh, is there a possibility for removing Nazarbayev's regime well these strikes and uh, protests of uh, workers uh, were curtailed on the 8th of January by protesters themselves. They decided to do it uh, to prevent bloodshed. Differently from uh, December of 2011, the workers uh, were not killed massively and uh, not so many of them were arrested. And I think that is good news because now the workers' movement did not suffer a defeat. Yes, there are no more strikes, and uh, they were stopped on the 8th of January. But none of the workers died in the industrial regions of the country, there were no cases of looting, of murders, because there was uh, the system of uh, self-defense organized, so there was the people's militia. Therefore, can say that the workers' movement did not suffer a defeat and it will continue to put forward demands to their employers and to the government. More than that, the working class got an important experience. Of struggling. It was the first time when a general strike was organized in the country, in the extracting industry, and in the uh, steel industry. So the workers managed to elaborate their political program, even though it was uh, quite brief, and that is good groundwork for for further. Actions that can be proved as well by the fact that on January 19th, one of uh, the companies in Jenaozen, uh, the enterprise uh, that uh, deals uh, with drilling, the workers demanded to nationalize the enterprise, and their demands were supported by other workers who also signed uh, the address to President Tokayev. So it means uh, that the slogans launched uh, by journals and workers in 2011, the slogan of nationalization comes back. And we believe that uh, that is utterly important. We're supported by our organization. We try to spread information about this. More than that, today and uh, yesterday, uh, there were protests by workers uh, from uh, other enterprises in Gennauzin. They called to stop repressions in the country. So if the president and the government uh, fail to do that, the workers promised to to declare a new strike. That means that the workers' movement hasn't been defeated. Takayev supported foreign companies He expressed his support to the Western investors that testifies to the fact that the government will pursue the former course, they will preserve uh, the model of economy that they've built and workers would not be ready to take that. That means that the political struggle against the existing regime will continue. So that's my response to the first question. Definitely, prospects for the new social outbreak are looming. There was another question on the role of imperialists in this events. We are against all conspiracy theories that claim that everything that happened in Kazakhstan was organized by uh, someone from the outside, be it uh, the CIA, the State Department.
3: Uh, The
0: fact that uh, Britain or Ukraine or Turkey are also trying to launch some kind of uh, color revolution It doesn't have anything to do with reality. And that can be proved by the interventions made by the leaders of those very countries. On the 6th of January, the State Secretary Blinken expressed his support for the regime in Kazakhstan. He was followed by the leaders of Russia, Turkey, the European Union and China. So we can say that there was this uh, bourgeois solidarity expressed uh, towards uh, the existing governments in Kazakhstan that could stop the popular uprising. We also claim that there were no notorious 20,000 foreign terrorists that uh, President Tokayev spoke about. They never existed. Tokayev invented it uh, to inside the CSTO to send its troops to the country. So there were no 20,000 terrorists. It was only an excuse as for the interests of Russia. We believe uh, that Russia only supported one of uh, the sides in the struggle in this political struggle. The number of Russian troops was insignificant. I think the overall number from the CSTO was about 1000 troops and they only were sent there to support the people in power that gained the possibility to send their Kazakhstan army to put down the strikes in other regions. I spoke about this uh, in my interventions and in the articles I wrote, that all opposition parties are banned in Kazakhstan, the Communist Party was uh, closed down in 2015, our organization is also illegal in the country. We issued a call for democratization. We called upon all social groups to support us in our urge to legalize all parties and trade unions so so that workers are able to establish their own organizations and carry out strikes legally. The majority of workers definitely supports socialist ideas and their demand to nationalize uh, production shows that uh, they put forward demands against capitalism, against uh, transnational corporations that exercise this uh, over-exploitation that loot and uh, rob the country of its resources. So I think that there will be the spring of uh, new left organizations in the country. So there will be new organizations. As for the question on terrorists, I think that only terrorists uh, were the people from the National Security Committee. There were no Islamists, and there are no Islamists in uh, Kazakhstan. They do not have any impact on the political agenda. The role of trade unions. I Already said that uh, there is the official federation of trade unions and it was excluded uh, from the international confederation because of uh, trade unions because they supported uh, the events in Janel uh, Zen. But that is a uh, so called a fake uh, trade union organization. I'd say that uh, four people. Uh, Four trade union leaders uh, were jailed because uh, they uh, took part in the independent trade union movement. I'm sorry I didn't take all the questions, but maybe I'll be able to do it in my final remarks. Thank
3: you. Uh, Dear
0: comrades, uh, thank you so much uh, for your questions. There was a question on practical support to protesters uh, and uh, repressed workers. I'd say that we have experience uh, in this area. Paul Murphy took part in the solidarity campaign uh, with oil workers in Janelzin after the shooting against uh, the workers. There were initiatives uh, by different uh, left groups. Uh, There was the wide international campaign to support the arrested oil workers. That campaign played a great role because a lot of uh, people were released from prison and uh, their sentences were shortened. So I think we should repeat this campaign. Maybe Paul Murphy would also head it and uh, the campaign that has been launched could also follow up. So that that could be a campaign to free those workers who are in prison uh, to release those activists uh, that would be on trial quite soon. It would also be important to disclose the number of people who were really killed in the cl- clamping downs and also uh, the list of uh, those people who were tortured. As for the role of women in the protest, of course, women played a great role. They took part in the protests and they were very active. There was also a movement uh, by women with many children in uh, North Sultan, the capital of uh, the country and in Almaty. There were many women who went to support the strikers in Genauzen. So the role of women is extremely important, and they are very active. There was a question on uh, the social explosion and whether there were anti-communist elements. Or if they could be made anti-communist. Different from the situation in Ukraine, there were no anti-communist slogans because uh, Nazarbayev's uh, regime decommunized everything already. They renamed the streets, uh, the squares. Uh, they put down all these statues and monuments to Bolsheviks and communists, as well as uh, Soviet power. The population and the popular masses uh, who took part in the process that they did not have any anti-communist slogans at all. As for the socio-political demands that were put forward in different cities and towns, I could say that it was the agenda of the left. It is close uh, to socialist and communist ideas, and it shows that the workers' movement Without any political parties or trade unions, managed to put forward maybe uh, somewhat brief, uh, but very important demands. They managed to form their own committees and to head the struggle. There were also questions on the national makeup of the working class. As for the oil workers in the Western Kazakhstan, workers are Kazakh. If we take the central region, the steel workers and uh, miners, uh, a lot of them are Russian of the uh, Russian origin, and uh, there are also other ethnicities. So I could say that the strikes were international in this regard. The strikes also spread to the northern regions of the country, and uh, that's where uh, most of the Russian population lives. So, we could say that uh, the workers' population is quite united. There was also a question on the trade unions from the West supported the movement i would say that the international trade union movement has not anyhow responded there were separate letters uh, by uh, trade unions there was the pama uh, picket organized in athens in greece i saw signatures uh, of uh, different uh, trade union members as regards the petition that you launched. But I think uh, that's pretty much it uh, for the Western trade unions. There were of course, uh, letters of solidarity from Russian trade unions, uh, the independent trade unions who made an internationalist statement. A question on the Chinese capital, definitely it is uh, present and uh, it is uh, very active as regards extraction of natural resources, oil production and uh, they are part of uh, the anti-trade union policies. As uh, for the trade unions, I've already said that there is a law on trade unions that was introduced in 2014, it violates all the ILO rulings, so all independent uh, trade unions have been uh, closed down. workers themselves create their own independent trade unions, they try to legalize them, and that was one of the demands put forward uh, during the recent strikes.
3: Now a question
0: on uh, spontaneous uh, councils or committees. Of course, they are not the councils uh, of uh, the worker deputies. Of course, the the level of self-organization is not that high. What I would call them is coordination committees that helped uh, workers uh, to organize uh, road blockages. Blocking the roads, uh, it was uh, something that happened everywhere in the industrial areas the workers closed off roads uh, to fend off police and army. It was organized in the city of Krontau where uh, workers organized their own checkpoints to prevent the, the military from coming into the town. That was the uh, practice uh, that uh, many strikers shared in the western regions of
3: Kazakhstan
0: as for the struggle against uh, disinformation you know these conferences or maybe sharing information on the social media that is what is very important for letting the left across the globe know more The solidarity campaign with the people who suffered from repressions, I think that should give an impetus uh, to uh, make people want to learn more. As for other organizations, such as uh, human rights organizations, we'll try to collect as much data as we can on the number of people who were killed, who were wounded and tortured, so that we could really defend their rights on the international level. Yet another question on the split in the international communist movement. Yes, in the post-Soviet area, we can see now that a number of the communist parties, including the Communist Party of Russia, they supported uh, the Uh, invasion or uh, the introduction of the Russian troops uh, in uh, Kazakhstan that was the position that was taken by other communist parties as well so they went back uh, on the class approach because they supported their own bourgeoisie and expressed uh, their condemnation to the workers' movement in Kazakhstan. So, yes, there is the split or rift in the left. The communist organizations, some of them supported the workers' movement and some of them were against. And I think it is a watershed moment that shows us who's who. We shouldn't, under no excuse, uh, Allow the international interventions uh, to happen in order to put down uh, the workers' movement. In Kazakhstan, uh, we can see that uh, there is an urgent uh, need to bring together the organizations of the left to defend the strikers against any kind of chauvinism or against uh, those uh, groups of the left that happen to be on the other side of the barricades and support the uh, bourgeois government and uh, imperialist interventions.
3: As
0: for the role of uh, Nazarbayev uh, after the 6th of January, it's hard to say, but We can say that there was a rift uh, in the ruling class and it's going to grow stronger. Very unlikely is uh, that Nazarbayev will try to take power now, but there are people who were associated with him. There are oligarchs uh, who will try to strengthen uh, this idea of terrorist dictatorship and they will try to take back uh, their privileges yet the ruling class has been split and I think this is one of the main features of the revolutionary situation so what else should I say dear comrades I think that the fact that you managed to organize this massive campaign from the uh, point of view of uh, building up our international movement to support the workers from Kazakhstan. I think you said, some of you said very right that it's, uh, of course, not so many people in the United States know about Kazakhstan, but the fact that the workers rose up to face multinational corporations and imperialism from different countries. I think that is worth speaking about and this struggle should get support. We believe that the workers' movement should form its own class trade unions and its own political party. That is what we're going to try to work towards. We support workers activists in building this organizations and infrastructure so that they could form a mass workers party that would have a socialist program
3: of action. The fact
0: that the workers demanded to nationalize the whole of the extracting industry under the control of the workers' collectives, I think this is the initiative we must support. Of course, uh, this demand is not self-sufficient. It could be more or less a transition program. It's a precondition for the growth and uh, of the political consciousness of the working class. And uh, of course, uh, there is an important idea of moving towards this socialist development of the country, and that cannot be implemented without the working class taking power. Thank you so much for taking part in the solidarity campaign. Thank you for collecting all the signatures. Thank you for organizing this conference. I think it is very important to maybe learn a little bit uh, about the situation in Kazakhstan now.
1: That is our special report. Again, we encourage everyone to sign the letter of solidarity with the Kazakhstan uprising. We have also included a link to the full meeting on the Reform and Revolution Caucus of DSA website in the show notes. Check it out. Thanks, everyone.
2: This has been a Socialist News and Views special report.